it was like it was sort of meant to happen in a way yeah. you know because meeting this man mm -hmm. if i had met him 10 years earlier i wouldn't have been prepared i wouldn't i wouldn't have been mature enough to handle it i would have made a mistake but i was desperate mm -hmm. and when you're desperate you know it's like get rich or die trying great things will happen right and i was desperate at the moment that i met this man being 38 i was going to try like hell to make that book a success and it, and when you have that kind of energy and drive you know it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy you're going to make a success out of it yo what's going on gang hopping into the podcast early here first off i just want to say thank you to each and every one of you who hit that play button and tapped in and show love uh, I'm super excited about today's show, given the fact that I'm sitting down with New York's best-selling time author, not just once, not just twice, but multiple times. I'm talking about the one and only Robert Greene. And yes, we talk about it all from his backstory, from him writing multiple books, the biggest challenges he had to face, finding love, how to attract your significant other, and so much more in this impactful interview. And surprisingly, this episode was supposed to only be 15 20 minutes long and look i ran over a little bit and typically i always like to respect my guest time however mr green stopped me midway and said hey i got more time let's keep talking i'm enjoying this and i said let's get it so you guys are getting a full interview of over 40 minutes of what was supposed to be a brief 15 20 minute sit down however it turned into a 40 minute mastermind and like i say we talk about it all so look i'm gonna stop talking make sure you go ahead and grab your pen and notepad and get your snacks cut the volume up because you already know what time it is it's time to level up so let's get it Total level me up, total level me up, yeah. It's time to level up, now level up. Yo, what's up, ladies and Gs? Much love to those returning and shout out for those tuning in for the first time. I'm your host, DeAndre Evans, and today I have a very special guest. Now, this person has written so many amazing books. He's a New York's best-selling time author, not just once, not just twice, but multiple times. He's written The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, The 33 Strategies of War, The 50th Law, Mastery, The Laws of Human Nature, and his latest, which I have right here, The Daily Laws. I have none other, you probably guessed it, Mr. Robert Greene. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me, DeAndre. My pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day. It means the world to me. And I know so many people are excited, uh, given the fact that you're on the show. Uh, and typically what we like to do and kick things off is like a little mini flashback. But I really want to start off with asking you, how are you truly doing right now? How are you feeling, especially in this pandemic? Well, um, the I'm fine. I haven't gotten COVID yet. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. Um, but, you know, my life is pretty much always been kind of quarantining. It's a little bit odd to say that. But as a writer, I pretty much, you know, am in my office writing day in and day out. I don't go out very much. I don't go to the clubs or things like that. So it wasn't a big shift for me. And I hate to say it, it's going to sound very crass. But in Los Angeles, for a while, it was actually a little bit nice because there was no traffic. The streets were quiet. It was kind of, you know, beautiful out. You, I could go into the park and there were no people or anything. Mm -hmm. Of course, I understand the, the the human toll this has had, but I've been fine, you know. I had my own health issues prior to the pandemic, which I'm dealing with, but I've been fine, you know. 
Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. You look amazing. You know. Oh, well, thank you. Well, that's the best. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I say, um, I did actually go out and buy your book, The Daily Laws, which I honestly love. Well, we should have sent you a copy. That's terrible. I'm very sorry <laughs> to hear that. No, it's fine. It's the least I can do, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking yeah. time out to support. So uh, I really appreciate it. I haven't necessarily read all 400 plus pages as of yet. However, I can tell you that I am enjoying it. And I would love to ask you a couple of questions about the book sure. Um, sure. in detail a little bit here, because I know as I was reading it on page nine, the very first thing that really stuck out to me was that at the very bottom of it specifically, you said uh, at the age of 36, right? You had many jobs. Uh, I was bounced around from place to place and you kind of seem lost in what to do. And right. so I would love to ask you, you know, how did you find your way and how did you find what you call your life's task? Well, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like a straight line. It was kind of like a zigzag, you know, going back and forth, a lot of kind of missteps and mistakes and things maybe I shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. But um, essentially, I knew since I was very young that I wanted to be a writer. And my, my quest, my journey in life was to figure out what kind of writing I was meant to do. You know, I was always very good at writing in high school and university, but how are you going to make a living? What was I going to do with, with this potential skill? Because that's all it was. So I tried journalism in New York in the early 80s. I didn't like that. That wasn't my kind of thing because I like sort of something that's work that's kind of timeless. And journalism was all about what happened today. That's all they were interested in. And then I left and I went and lived in Europe for four or five years. I did so many different jobs. I couldn't even begin to tell you how many different jobs I had. <laughs> I was trying to write novels. You know, I was having a great time. You know, I was meeting a lot of beautiful young women. I was learning languages. I was having incredible experiences. Um, but I wasn't, nothing was really, you know, I couldn't settle on still what, what it was I was meant to write. Mm. Then I came back to Los Angeles where I was from and I thought I'd get into Hollywood and maybe I'd be a screenwriter. You know, I could make a lot of money that way and I could, you know, it could be interesting and fun. That didn't work out for me because I'm somebody who who's kind of likes to control what they do. I like to, you know, be able to own what I actually created. In Hollywood, you don't own anything. You're just basically a servant. You know, they, as a writer, you, nobody respects really the writer. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of unhappy. And we're talking about 1995, 96. Mm -hmm. I had many different jobs. As you say, I felt lost. I felt depressed. And um, just by coincidence, I was in Italy for a job and I met a man who was a packager of books. And one day we were in walking in Venice, Italy, and he asked me if I had any ideas for a book. And it was the, by far the, the turning point in my life because I realized, yeah, maybe, maybe writing books was what I was meant to do. You know, maybe not novels, but maybe nonfiction. And I kind of improvised that day what would turn into the 48 laws of power, right? I don't know where it came from. It's one of those moments in life where something just sort of comes to you. Right. You don't question it. It's there. Mm -hmm. It came from all of my experiences in life, all of the horrible bosses I had, all of the scheming colleagues, all of the crap I had seen in Hollywood with all the manipulations, the Machiavellian games. So it was just my life's experience. It just came up out of me. I improvised this. 
he got very excited and he said he would pay me to live while I wrote the book. Well, essentially, the lesson that I tell people is um, you should never give up, first of all, because I didn't have any success until I was in my very late 30s, even in 40 years old, to be honest. And um, so I, had I was very depressed, but I never gave up. I kept trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. Yeah. But the main thing is you have to have a sense of direction in life. You have to have an idea of what you're suited for. Is it music? Is it writing? Is it sports? Is it connecting? Is it social things? Is it you know social movements and being an activist? What is it that draws you in here, which connects to you emotionally, and makes you feel like this is something that I want to do, that I love, that I can get connected to? It doesn't mean no job is perfect. You know, writing is can be very painful. You have to be alone a lot. You have to be very disciplined, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so not, nothing is perfect, but if you're connected to it, if, it's, if it feels like something that you were born to do, yeah. that you were destined for from a very early age, it's the most powerful feeling in the world, you know? Yeah. It's like you're swimming in the ocean, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're swimming against the current and all the waves are hitting you and you're swallowing water <laughs> and it's painful and you're going to drown. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of know what you want in life, you're kind of moving with the current. Everything's easy and more natural. And eventually you're going to find what you're meant to do. So the point is to never give up, but to try and find some sense of direct, some sense of purpose to your life. And you have to kind of examine who you are, examine who you were when you were very young. It's what I wrote about in my book, Mastery. And I'm kind of, you know, that was sort of my personal experience. Mm, I love to hear that. And I think that's so powerful, you know, going with that flow and that state of knowing who you are first off as a person, because I feel like growing up as a young kid, um, you're kind of pulled in multiple directions to a certain degree, like, don't do this, do this, sit down, be still. And it's like all these rules. And then when you get out there in the real world, it's like you can kind of make up and create your own life in a sense. Right. Uh, and, and what I really take from that is that you kind of had this calling, like someone was pulling you in one direction while you was working multiple jobs, it was like, no, let's do this instead. Do you know what that specific feeling or thing was? Have you identified what that was? It's, it's weird. I mean, if you want to get mystical, there is almost a sense of destiny to it. Mm -hmm. Because if I look back on my life, everything kind of fell into place the way it should have been. Mm -hmm. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize it. at the time, I felt kind of lost and, and, and concerned and worried about myself. But in retrospect, it all happened for a purpose, you know? So the main thing is you want to go through life with your eyes open. You're learning, right? Life is an adventure. It's not this kind of boring thing where you have, where, you know, you're only living for pleasure or for video games or whatever distractions. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's an adventure. You're trying to find yourself as well, right? right. So you have to keep an open spirit and you have to keep exploring and trying different things, you know? Mm -hmm. So my path in life was to open up and explore and have a lot of different adventures and have fun as well mm -hmm. in the process. But in the end, you know, it was like, it was sort of meant to happen in a way, yeah. you know, because meeting this man, mm -hmm. if I had met him 10 years earlier, I wouldn't have been prepared. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mature enough to handle it. I would have made a mistake. 
but I was desperate. Mm-hmm. And when you're desperate, you know, it's like get rich or die trying. When you're desperate, great things will happen, right? And I was desperate at the moment that I met this man. And so being 38, I was going to try like hell to make that book a success. And it's, and when you have that kind of energy and drive, you know, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're going to make a success out of it now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I hope everyone listening is taking some copious notes because uh, you said a lot. <laughs> you said a lot that a lot of people could take and run with for the rest of the year, really. But I know you said something recently and it stood out to me um, just now um, about just knowing yourself in a direction that you need to be pulled towards. But what would be like some advice you would give to those young men and women out there who are trying to find their own direction as well? Like what traits or skill sets would you recommend them to, uh, you know, acquire over their their time? Well, everybody's different. So -hmm. the main thing you got to do is you got to stop listening to other people, Mm -hmm. right? got to get off social media i mean social media is fine you know it's very interesting it's fun you need to have a presence on there but you got to stop listening to what other people are doing to what your parents are telling you what you're doing what your friends are telling you what's cool and what's not cool and you have to look at yourself and you have to examine who you are and what makes you different and so many people nowadays are afraid of what makes them different right they're afraid of what i call their weirdness you know, I'm, I'm a strange person. I'm weird. I have very weird tastes, right? And I knew it when I was a child. I never really quite fit into anything, you know? And you can be, you can find, you can be afraid of that when you grow up because everyone, because everyone is kind of can criticize you for being so different. But you're, what makes you unique, what makes you different, what makes you stand out, what people may have criticized for you when you were very young is your source of power. Look at all the people that you might respect in this world. Maybe it's great writers, maybe it's great musicians, you know, art, you know, hip hop artists or, or painters or politicians. Every single one of them you can say is one of a kind, they're unique. There's never been anybody else out there like them. They've able to figure out what is different about them and use that. So what you need to do in your life is first of all, stop listening to other people. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your teachers. Don't listen to your friends. Turn into yourself, trust yourself, and examine when you were a child, you know, before Mm -hmm. everybody started pushing you around, before everybody started telling you who you are, what you need to do, who you were when you were four, five, six years old, what were those things that excited you, Mm -hmm. that made you feel like I am naturally drawn to this? So it could be, you know, it could be, physical things it could be dance or it could be sports or it could be like writing and words or it could be mathematical patterns and music or it could be science whatever it is you have to know that at least about yourself so there's no like i can't tell people there's one direction in your life it depends on who you are right what i call your primal inclinations mm-hmm. i think the best place to be in this world right now is to be an entrepreneur to have control over your own destiny, right? right? So you're not working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't comfortable with that, but I think it's, a, it's an ultimate position of power to have in this world where you work for yourself, you create your own time, you're able to you know, uh, kind of do what you wanna do and you feel connected and you feel like your sense of purpose and destiny is fulfilled through this particular task. Mm-hmm. And you don't have somebody telling you what to do day in and day out. But you have to figure out what is the best way avenue to get towards that. And you need 
to know yourself. You need to know who you are to know what makes you different and stop paying attention to what other people are telling you. Absolutely. Well, you just shut down the entire podcast right there, Robert. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that was awesome. I love that. I love that advice. And it's so funny because I just did a Instagram reel talking about something similar when it comes to, you know, not listening to everyone. And I said that you have to create boundaries and you're like solidifying that, you know, for me, which is awesome, but also for those out there who need to hear it in a different way. And I really appreciate that because I think it is important in order to, you know, obviously live out your life's purpose and what you want to accomplish. But, um, you know, I'm very curious because, you know, you've accomplished so much in your life and you're still going to this very day, which I love and admire. Like what drives you now? Like what gets Robert up out the bed? Like what's the motive? What's really pushing you? Well, um, there are books that I want to write before I die. You know, none of us live forever and I'm getting older and I know that I don't have 50 more years to live because that would take me well past 100. So I know my time is limited, right? Mm -hmm. And I want, before I die, I want to write certain books, right? I want to express certain things that mean a lot to me that go back to when I was very young to ideas that are, I think are very important for other people because I like my main purpose in life is helping people through my books. It's always been my main motivation. It's never been the money, although I enjoy the money, but it's mostly I love helping people deal with the very difficult aspects of of being a human being in this world. Mm -hmm. So I want to write more books before I die. And um, so I'm writing a book now my eighth book, which is something I've been meaning to write for many years, very personal to me. And I tell myself, Robert, you can't die before you finish this book. You've got to get it out there. So it gets me up in the morning. It gets me excited. You know, I still, of course, take risks. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm just living here just so nothing ever happens to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, that's what drives me in the morning. It gets me up going. You've got, you know, you've got to finish this book. You've got, you, you know, you might get in a car accident tomorrow or something might happen. How, how, how tragic that would be. So I am very, very motivated every day to, to work on these different projects. And DeAndre, if I didn't have something to write, if I woke up and I go, hmm, I don't know what to do today. Mm-hmm. I think I would, I would have committed suicide by now because I've had moments like that before in life and I, I get very depressed. So that's why it's so important to kind of figure out what you were meant to do in life. So you have that feeling that when you wake up, it's your task, it's your destiny. You were meant to do this. It kind of gives you the energy and the drive to get going every single day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And like I said, I know I don't have you long, but I really do appreciate your time. And uh, one thing that you know stood out as you were speaking there, um, just given your track record of what you've accomplished, like, do we have a name for the book yet? And do we have a date? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. I, I feel the pressure anyway. <laughs> um, well, the book is, a, is about what I call the sublime. Um, and it's something I wrote a book with 50 cent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the subject of the 10th chapter in that book. It was also the subject of the 18th chapter in the laws of human nature. So it's something I've written about before, but I'm dedicating a whole book to it. And it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's a book of mine that's maybe the most sort of spiritual in a way, because I do believe 
that there's something else that our lives were meant to accomplish. I know that might sound weird for the guy who wrote the 48 Laws of Power, because I am kind of an earthy type person, but this is an element of, of an experience that I think is missing for a lot of people in the world today. And the sublime is basically anything that takes you outside of your day-to-day life, the banality of your day-to-day affairs, you know, your, your routines in the day, your job, and you're exposed to how incredibly awesome and strange it is to be a human being alive in the year 2022. It's actually, if you think about it, the most, the weirdest, strangest, most surreal thing that you can imagine to look out and see the sky the way it is to be, to be here on a podcast with DeAndre, you know, the world is very strange. It's very weird, but we don't think of it that we take everything that we do for so much for granted, right? The purpose of this book is to open you up to what the world kind of felt like when you were a child when things weren't so familiar, when you took things for granted, when you didn't take things for granted and the world was kind of mysterious. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of it has to do with science, things that people are discovering in science, but it's um, a book that means a lot because three years ago, I, I came this close to dying myself. You know, I had a stroke mm-hmm. um, and if my wife hadn't been in the car when I was driving, I would be dead right now or I would have severe brain damage. So I'm extremely lucky and blessed to be alive. And having a near-death experience is kind of the ultimate in the sublime. You know, It makes you change how you look at everything. So that's sort of what this book is about. And, that, and then I'm also you know, starting to think about my next book after that, because I never, I never stop thinking. You know? I love it. I love it. The, the, the ball and the game doesn't stop. It keeps rolling. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It keeps going. I love to hear that. Well, I know so many people are excited uh, and can't wait for that to come out. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, oh, if you haven't already, definitely pick up The Daily Laws for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and in the, in the Daily Laws, in the month of December, so The Daily Laws is organized as a calendar. Right. Each day is a passage just meant to meditate on to help you in your day-to-day trials with people, with yourself, with the world, with your job and your career. Mm-hmm. And the month of December is sort of about what I just talked about. It's the month of the sublime. And there are passages from the new book, right? And from other areas where I've talked about that. So you will find part of this book in the month of December for in the daily laws. Love it. Love it. Look at that gym, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that gym. Yes, yeah, a big gym. Something that people can take and run with. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Right. A little lingo. Right. Little lingo. <laughs> okay. I, I, I love it. I love it. Well, Mr. Green, like I say, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Um, I, uh-huh. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I only had you for about 15, 20 minutes and I'm running over. But uh <laughs> I can go a little bit longer if you wanted to. It's up to yeah. you though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm enjoying the conversation. If you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I would love to ask you though, however, you know, um, growing up, obviously as young Robert, you know, coming to the man who you are today, like who had the greatest impact on your life and how did that really affect your confidence growing up? Well, um, my father had a, a big impact only in the sense of he wasn't an intellectual. He was basically a salesman his whole life. He worked his whole life at one job. So we came from a very middle-class background, Um, but he was very calm and he was very good with people, Mm -hmm. right? And so that kind of helped me 
I learned a lot from him just in dealing with people, I think, you know, and, and knowing how to navigate social worlds. But then I had um, a teacher in high school. Um, I thought I was the greatest writer in the world. I was 16 years old. I thought, man, I, I'm it. You know, I am. This is, people need to, to bow down and realize what a great writer I am. I turned in an essay that I thought was, was the, the thing. I thought it was fantastic. He gave me a terrible grade on it. There was red pencil all over it. And he basically taught me a lesson about writing that I've never forgotten. It's a lesson about life, really. He said, Robert, the point of writing is not for you to just express yourself. It's to communicate your ideas. You have to imagine that there's somebody reading it and you have to be able to get inside their mindset and communicate your ideas to them. So don't go on with all of this flowery language that's about your ego, but put drop your ego and try and get inside the work itself and in the writing. It, had, it totally changed my whole approach to writing. As you know, I'm not into, into like talking about myself mm. or having a lot of flowery language. I like things that are kind of still and quiet and direct that ex express the ideas very directly. It had a huge impact on me, right? And then mm -hmm. other people as well, you know, like when I was 25 years old, I was in New York, I was a journalist and I turned in an article that once again, I thought was fantastic. And the editor had lunch with me one day, he invited me to lunch and I thought he was gonna compliment me. Mm -hmm. And basically after he was kind of drinking a lot and basically he told me, Robert, the reason I called you for this, this lunch is to tell you, you are not a writer, you are not a good writer. You should get out of the field. You should go into business school. You should go to law school, do something else. You don't have the discipline. You're not, you don't have the material for being a good writer. And uh, I didn't listen to him. I basically, you know, gave my finger to this guy. I, I said, you know, I, I, I was polite because I'm never impolite, but I, I took what he said at, you know, at face value. Like maybe what he means is I'm not right for journalism. But I know I'm a great writer. I know I have talent. I know I have skill. It's just not being applied in the right way. Mm. And so I learned, I, I grew a tough skin about me. I learned that I can take criticism and sort of distinguish between what is real, like what is important to me and what is just bullshit. What is just being, you know, I think he was envious of me in some way. So you have to be tough in this world. You have to be able to take criticism. You have to be able to hear other people say nasty things about you and know how to deal with it. Know whether what is, what is true because you need to sometimes correct yourself and what isn't true. So that had a big impact on my life in a negative way. And then there were other people like the man I mentioned that I met in Italy who completely changed my life. You know, so I've had a lot of people who've helped me along the way in that in that path that I discussed that I was describing but those would kind of be the major influences I love that I love that wow that's very impactful too and an eye-opener you know I think it's always refreshing to hear stories from uh, those who have like I say accomplished so much but those at the same time people look up to like a lot of people look up to you you know they love you they love what you do and what you've accomplished and to hear your backstory from that I think is very refreshing so we appreciate oh, you for that you. thank Absolutely. you absolutely 
Yo, what's going on, gang? I hope you all are enjoying this episode. I just want to take a minute to say I'm super excited about our new partnership here with Level Up Daily that we are teamed up with a tax and accounting firm based out of Michigan that really helps many small to large corporations and those who are actually trying to get their books in order for their finances. This is a company that I stand behind and it's called Tax Team Services. Tax Team Services is a minority-owned tax and accounting firm with the mission to elevate minority-owned service-based businesses with product sales to the next level of saving, investing, and exponential growth. As you all know, this is a podcast about leveling up, and it's only right that I share my resources, the people that I talk to, the things that I use on a daily with all of you. So if you are looking for a tax and accounting firm, someone you can trust, someone that understands business, like how to write off X, Y, and Z, when should I send out my 1099s? How to reduce my tax liability? They provide solutions for every single budget, that's why I love them. So if you are looking for someone you can trust and rock with that can actually teach you, definitely go check out taxteamservices.com or hop over to the Instagram or Facebook at Tax Team Services and let them know Level Up Daily sent you. So with that being said, let's hop back into the podcast. And if you have any questions, feel free to check the description down below. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, you say we have more time, which I can ask you 5,000 questions. So this should be fun. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't I have time forever, but I have more time. <laughs> right, right. And so I would love to ask you, um, you know, given this moment of a pandemic, right, um, we're getting ready to approach Valentine's Day. And I know a lot of listeners may come at me if I don't ask you this question, uh, when it comes to love and the power of seduction and things of that nature. So for those singles out there who are looking to get in relationships, looking to become, um, you know, linked and married in this time, like what advice would you give them to begin to present themselves in the proper way to attract their ideal mate or significant other? Well, you know, we live in a different time than when I wrote The Art of Seduction because so many things have to do with like Tinder and <laughs> online dating, things that I had, it's not part of my world when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but um so a lot of people don't understand sort of basics of seduction because they're so used to things being digital and being generated by algorithms, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the main thing to, to understand is the person that you're trying to seduce that you want to have a relationship with is an individual, okay? Mm-hmm. They come from their own background. They come from a different city, perhaps, They come from perhaps a different socioeconomic background, a different cultural background, Mm -hmm. et cetera. If you're straight, they're of a different gender. Um, So they're different. They're an individual. They have their own world. They're not you. They didn't grow up with you. They don't have your values. They don't have your thoughts. They're a separate being that you must respect and understand. So the degree that you treat them as an individual, and what that means is, you take time to understand their world, what makes them tick, what gets them excited, what kind of gift will actually mean something to them personally, not because it's expensive, but it's, it's kind of geared towards their spirit. If you get into who they are, what makes them tick, you know, and, and you can get a sense of what it's like to be them, even though sometimes that's hard, that is the most seductive power in the world. Because we go through our lives where people are never paying attention to us. They're never dealing with us as an individual. They're looking at us and they're projecting onto us or they're treating us like they've treated everybody else. How often do you ever get that feeling 
even from your mother or father, sometimes maybe not, where they're looking at you and they're going, you're not me, you're a different person. I'm, try I'm interested in you as you are. It's very rare, right? But we're hungry for it. That's what, that's what creates a great relationship. That's what creates true seductive power. Get outside of yourself and your own ego and your own needs and desires and get in their world. And it's actually very therapeutic because it gets you outside of your own problems and worries and concerns, right? Absolutely. And th the feeling that the other person has, like that, that they sense that you're listening to their words, that you're making that effort, that you're interested in them, you'll bring down all of their natural resistance, all of their wariness, all of their defensiveness. Right. I mean, I can go into other aspects for several hours now about <laughs> seduction. But that's the single most important skill that you can have in any kind of relationship, whether it's just a sexual encounter for a few weeks or whether it's really a long-term relationship, is to have fun with it, to not take it so seriously and personally, and to feel like it's about entering their world, entering their spirit. That's, that's the main thing that I would say. Mm, I love that. I love that. And everything that you just say resonates deeply with me because I am a young single. And obviously, I, I would love to be married one day. Absolutely. And so what I took from that is to be more interested in someone versus being interesting, per se, versus worrying yeah. about what I do and talk about what I yeah, do, yeah, yeah, et cetera, yeah. right? Um, and also to be a great listener. I feel like that's a skill set or a trait most people you know, tend to throw in the back, you know, overshadow or don't think too much about it. But I feel like that's part of the best way to communicate effectively and to build something upon a foundation like that. Well, to be to listen, to be a good listener, because a lot of people talk about that, but the truth of it is mm -hmm. you have to find the other person interesting in order to want to listen to them. So if you don't find them very interesting, if you find yourself more interesting than them, you're going to be constantly thinking about your own thoughts, your own world, your own problems, what you're going to do tomorrow. But you have to look at that person and go, they're actually, they are interesting. They have experiences, they have ideas. Even if, even if I don't really like them, even if there's no connection, I can learn something from them because they have, they have something to teach me. There's something different about them, right? So it's not just listening. It's the fact that you want to listen, that you're excited about that other person that makes you listen on a deeper level. Definitely. So like, it, 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 you know, on a, on a very banal level, if you're listening deeply to them and you're not just superficially listening, you'll pick up certain things that they say that reflect certain desires they have that have never been satisfied, certain things that get them excited. And then if later that evening or the next day, you bring that up in the course of a conversation, just as if you just occurred to you, but it shows that you were listening, that you, that you heard them and that in a casual conversation, you bring up that topic or that desire of theirs, then it's, it's incredibly seductive because it meant, wow, DeAndre was actually listening to me. He actually heard that. He actually paid attention. Absolutely. You'll have her eating out of your hand, I guarantee you. <laughs> well, when that day comes, I'm calling you and I'm saying thank you. <laughs> okay, you're very welcome. Uh, but however, like I say, um, I definitely appreciate everything you've done for the community, for everyone, uh, especially with the books that you've written. 
And I would love to ask you one final question, if I could. Sure. Um, no you problem. know, given the span of your lifetime, all the books that you've written, like, has there been any big challenge that, you know, came into your life between the first book and the very last book so far? And if so, how have you overcome that? Well, I did have one very big challenge. Um, and it happened with the book that I did with 50 Cent, believe it or not. Um, I don't normally, you know, do books with other people because I mentioned before, I'm a control freak. I like to own what I write and I don't like partnerships. But I got into this because I met 50. This is back in 2005, 2006, I think. And we had a nice connection. We connected on a very human level. We were both interested in the same things. And I actually really, really liked him. He's an amazing person. So we decided to do a book together and we sell the book to a company that had a deal with him, Simon and Schuster. And I'm very nervous about this because, you know, he's, he's a lot more famous than I am. He still is obviously. And um, I wanted, I wanted to respect him and I wanted to be a book that kind of, you know, that expressed who he is, right? He'd already written an autobiography, which is a really good book called From Pieces to Weight. That's a great book. But what happened was I was too respectful of 50. I was too worried about him liking it. And so the book came out and it was sort of really, really about him and about his business model and his ideas, et cetera. And I was kind of late in delivering it. And basically, at one point, Simon and Schuster said, we're canceling this project. We're not publishing it. And first of all, that would be a very big blow on my career, personally and professionally. Um, you know, But I think deep down, they canceled it because it actually wasn't very good, right? I really, it wasn't my best writing. It wasn't, so the lesson was, so my agent said, all right, Robert, we're gonna, we're gonna rescue this. We're gonna find another publisher. And they found another publisher and he read the manuscript and he said, Robert, the problem with this is it's too much 50 and there's not enough you in the book. You have to bring your own world, your own ideas and bring them together. There has to be more of Robert Greene in this book. And you've made a mistake by being too, too much about 50's life. And I go, okay, you're right. I can take criticism. I can realize I made a mistake. And then I had to step back and I had to go, all right, I have to redo this book. So what is this book about? As opposed to being about 50s business philosophy, how is it more my idea? And I go, well, there's the 48 laws of power. And, you know, in my books, I kind of describe the source of people's power in the world. What is the source of 50s power? And thinking about it and talking to him, I decided it was his fearlessness, the fact that he was nearly killed. He was shot nine times from, you know, close up right through his jaw, nearly died. He picked himself back up and he is, he's not a thug. He's actually a very sweet person, but he is a monster when it comes to getting things done. He is completely fearless. I mean, if you've almost been killed, what are you going to be afraid of in life? It right. gives him tremendous power. All right, that's what this book should be about. It should be a meditation using 50 as kind of the center on fearlessness. The public, the new publisher says, yes, that's great, Robert, do it. I go, Phew. And he says, Robert, but the bad news is you have only six months to get it in. And I go, what? I have to create this whole book wow. from scratch 
and get it done in six months. That's impossible. There's no way I can do it. And he goes, well, it's either that or the, there's no book. Yeah. And I go, Damn it. I can't do this, you know? All right. But I, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. As I said before, get rich or die trying. Write this book in six months or, or for your fail. Mm-hmm. And I did. I managed. I, and I think it's a really good book. And it, it's been very popular and 50 loves it. But that proved to me that I can take failure. I can look that in the face and not let it bother me or crush me, but find a way to make something better out of it, to move on, to create, to create out, of the, out of the bad circumstances, to do what 50 calls in the hood, turn shit into sugar. So I turned shit into sugar that way, right? Yeah. And um, it taught me that I'm stronger than I think I am. I can put, I can do these things. I can give. It gave me a tremendous boost in self-confidence. So that, that I think, is the best example of what you asked me for. That's powerful. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. And I love that. I love that breakdown insight. And I know so many people can take and apply that, you know, just having that, that killer instinct to, you know, attack, to go forward, to not settle, even when your back is against the wall, because you had a tight timeline of six months. And like you said, that was like nearly impossible. But we all know impossible is only impossible until you do it. Yeah. So and you did it. Yeah. So you broke it. Yeah. Well, what happens is when you only have six months, it's what I call in my my war book, the death ground strategy. Mm-hmm. Your back is against the wall. So it means you're going to fight much harder. And because I only had six months, I had to be so focused and so energized that it actually made the writing even better in the long run. So everything kind of tends to work out for the best if that's your attitude towards life. That's always been my attitude. Well, I love it. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And I'm glad that you was able to, you know, create so many amazing books. I'm going to read them all. I'm still working through a couple. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but okay, I'm going to get it okay. done and I'm going to let you know. Uh, but I just want to say thank you again, Mr. Green, so much for taking uh, time out of your day to join us on Level Up Daily. Uh, it means the world to us. And I would love to know, and everyone else, where can they follow you? Where can they find you and contact you? Um, well, my main website is robertgreenofficial.com. It's all one word, Robert Green, Green with me at the end, official.com. There you'll find links to my Instagram, to Twitter, to Facebook, and to my old website and my old blog posts that I used to do into all of my YouTube interviews. It's sort of the gateway to, to everything. I mean, there's also an email address where you can reach me. And please understand, if I don't respond or I don't respond right away, I'm, I'm incredibly busy right now. I do try and get back to people in some way, but I love hearing your, receiving your emails that tell me, Robert, I love you, Robert, I hate you for this reason, whatever. I just love reading those emails. So please, I encourage you to write me. But ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, Mr. Robert Green. Don't worry, I'll put all that information down below in the description so you don't have to miss that information. But please be sure to go show love and support to Robert Green. Check him out on his socials. And again, if you haven't already copped the new book, The Daily Laws, go do so. It's amazing so far. I'm actually on page 26, which is very Uh, ironic because it's the 26th of January. (laughs) And uh, I am slowly getting through and I'm loving it every step of the way. So again, thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Green, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, DeAndre. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And so until next time, guys, much love, peace, and blessings.
Hey, what's going on, gang? Hopping back into the podcast. I just want to say thank you so much for the love and support. And look, if you did enjoy this episode, it will mean the world to me if you went ahead and left a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, as it would go a long way and will allow me to continue to bring on special guests like this. And if you did enjoy this episode, go ahead and check out some other interviews that we've done over the years. I guarantee you there are a lot of gems in those episodes that you can take and run with and apply within your career and in life. And look, as stated before, we are partnered with one of the best tax and accounting firms in the entire country, Tax Team Services. Make sure you guys reach out to them if you are looking to get your books in order, you're looking for a new accountant, uh, you're trying to understand what to look out for to reduce your tax liability, and so much more. This is a company that I stand behind, and I know that they can help you. So with that being said, make sure you reach out to them at www.taxteamservices.com or hop over to the Instagram or Facebook at Tax Team Services and let them know where you're coming from. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope this interview helped change your perspective, was of value to you, and that you can take and apply within your life. And listen, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And if you have, go ahead and share it with a family member, a friend, or someone that you know can really benefit from this. So until next time, guys, much love, peace, and blessings.